1: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you all are doing well. I am sitting here on this glorious new day. It's actually the morning as I'm recording this. I feel like I typically record late at night, but I'm recording in the morning today. I have a really chaotic afternoon and evening tonight. Well, I have a bunch of client meetings all over town. And then tonight, like tonight, tonight, I have... Aladdin. I'm going to see Aladdin on Broadway. So I wanted to just get this recorded early in the day. So I have my coffee here. I just worked out. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of things I want to unpack. I feel this is kind of like a diary entry episode, kind of similar to last week. I have a few little anecdotes. Well, one little like story from history, but and a little bit of psychology, but mostly it's just me, my thoughts, how I've been feeling recently because I've been feeling extremely introspective as of late and I want to just talk to you guys about what's been on my mind because the chances that maybe you're going through something similar are decently high. So yeah, we're just going to get into it. I think before I dive in to my diary entry of an episode, I do want to unpack Bridgerton. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I just finished season two of Bridgerton, and I have some thoughts. I feel season one to season two, they're extremely different, and I feel personally that I'm in two different phases of my life, or I've been in two different phases of my life, like with season one and with season two. In season one, or when season one came out, I was still in LA. I was pretty miserable, not going to lie. I mean, obviously, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Life was fine, but I just was not my happiest. I was not feeling secure in my decision to be there. There was just a lot of feelings. And so watching it this time around, I – That was the first thing I noticed was that I'm just so much happier in my life right now as I'm watching season two. has nothing to do with the show, but, you know, it just takes you back because especially with the recap of season one, because I always watch the recap of the season before I dive into the next season because you think you remember everything and that's just not true. So I watched the recap and as I was watching that, I was like, whoa, when I first met these characters, I was miserable in my life. <laughs> and that was the like first thing I noticed. And then I actually did really like the, the season. I feel there's been some bad reviews swirling out there because it's not as sexual as season one. But I honestly feel that the themes in this season are stronger than season one. The character development, the struggles between the characters or like how they've overcome things or how they've worked on themselves was stronger. I feel like season one, yeah, it was steamy, but there wasn't a ton of character development or like we didn't really get to see so many of the characters. Some of them were super surface level in how they were presented to us. So it was very cool. Season two was awesome in my opinion. Obviously, people will disagree. But I think if you haven't watched it, it is worth a watch. I do feel that there were some parts where I was like, "Okay, this is dragging a bit. It was a little bit strange that Daphne kept popping in with no uh, Duke, but it was fine. I honestly really enjoyed it. And I think maybe towards the beginning, some people were put off about it because it did take some time. It was a slower burn. It did take some time for anything really romantic to happen. But by the end, I think everyone's satisfied with how things went and they obviously teed it up perfectly for season three. So uh no complaints here. I know it has been like, I guess we have had to wait for like two years for the next season. So hopefully, yeah, who knows where I'll be in two years when the next one comes out. But you know what? Maybe season three will come sooner than we think because I feel like season two was delayed in some way, shape, or form due to COVID stuff, like COVID production rules and whatever. So hopefully we'll get season three sooner rather than later. I know it's based on a book series, so they kind of already know generally what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm glad I finished it decently quickly because I've been seeing so many spoilers on TikTok that I just like quickly scroll by because I don't want to see what happens. And a few things were spoiled for me because of that. So I advise you to watch it quick because, I mean, it is pretty easy to watch quickly. I binged it in like two days and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, Bridgerton update over. I don't wanna talk too much about it because I don't wanna be the reason for (laughs) being spoiled for you, so if you haven't seen it. But anyway, um, carrying on. That was something I did this week. I watched Bridgerton. I also got a few different books that I'm gonna start and really dive into so I can hopefully talk about them on the podcast. A bunch of you guys recommended these books to me. There's, um, what is it called? Essentialism. I almost said existentialism. Essentialism, which is a book I've been wanting to pick up for some time. My trainer has read it. A bunch of my friends have read it. And I think it's going to be really good for me because I am very all over the place with my work as a freelancer. It's very easy to do that. And just with my priorities in general, Like I feel I do way too much and I don't focus my work at all on... A few different areas and do those well, even though I've said numerous times on the podcast that I want to do that, that I want to really develop a few different areas of my work and not be such a yes man. And while I have cut back, I definitely say no a lot more now than I ever have in my life. So I'm proud of myself for that. I do have some work to do. And this book really helps you figure out, supposedly, that's what the back says. I'm only like maybe 50 pages in, but the back says that it will help me figure out what to focus on because I think that's the hardest part, figuring out like, okay, no, I have to focus on maybe a few things that I'm good at and get really good at those things and increase my prices and do that stuff. But how do I figure out what those things are? Like, how do I differentiate between... What I'm really good at and what I really like to do because that is hard to do, I think. So that book's going to be good. I'm also reading. Well, I have these in the queue because I need to focus on one book at once, I think, right now. So I also have Deep Work by Cal Newport and A World Without Email also by Cal Newport. And I. Kind of like the total concept of both of them are kind of escaping me. I mean, obviously, the one A World Without Email is unpacking the email culture, the constantly communicating culture that we live in and how it can be toxic and how to navigate it because obviously it's not going away. So that is what that book's about. And then I think Deep Work is about kind of similar to essentialism, just working deeply on a few things and not a million things. So I'm excited for these. Hopefully, I'll be able to finish them rather quickly. I'm going to Florida in a few weeks with my family on my family vacation. In April, we are going to, I guess, Miami Beach, I think. I don't really know. I have to look at that. I have my flight. (laughs) My parents are doing the rest. I love a good family vacay where I don't really have to plan much because my parents love doing that. So going on vacation and I will be bringing these books and I will be that girl, not with her beach read as in like a you know fluffy romantic book, but my <laughs> self-help productivity books. Anyway, that is uh, my, I guess, life entertainment update on what I've been reading, what I've been watching. But now let's get into the good stuff. This is what's been on my brain. This is what I have been thinking about.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. I
1: I stumbled home last weekend after a really crazy couple of nights out, day out. I literally was drinking 70% of the weekend, which I'm not proud of, but it was just one of those birthday weekends where it was inescapable. I just could not not have fun, you know? And it was really great. I know that I'll look back on these days and be so fond of them these days where I'm having so much fun and I'm really living it up in New York City, but it does get exhausting. That's why this weekend I am taking off. I am literally doing nothing. Colby, Adam, and I decided we're just doing nothing this weekend, but last weekend I was just, you know, a lot of drinking, aka a lot of anxiety, a lot of just really introspective thoughts because whenever I'm coming down from a drinking high, you know, it it does tend to be those times where my thoughts just really get the better of me. And it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I just am very consumed by my thoughts. Sunday was a very, very feeling sort of day for me. <laughs> and I did a lot of thinking, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. But in this case it was good because I came up with a lot of solutions for my fears and my anxieties, I guess, just on my own, kind of just thinking through it. So I'm going to unpack those today with you all. So I wrote this down actually on, I think it was Saturday night. I wrote this in my notes. My notes section is the funniest place. I just write the most random things in here, but I did write this one thing down that really sparked the rest of this episode. So let's read it. It's definitely not the most poetic of a passage, but it says this, the one resource you spend and have no chance of getting back is time. This is me sitting in my bed at like four in the morning typing this. (laughs) So if someone decides to leave your life, you have to be grateful because they didn't waste your most precious resource. It's a blessing, really, not something to get too upset over. I've decided to choose gratefulness instead, grateful that I get that time to hold in my hands that would otherwise be wasted by someone who just doesn't care. Wow. I'm sure I heard the first part somewhere at some point in time, because it does not sound (laughs) like an original thought. I definitely have seen this somewhere, like the one resource you spend and can't, can't really get back is time. So obviously you can spend money and you can make money back. You can spend a lot of things, just use up a lot of things and you can replace it. So if I, I don't know, I use a whole bottle of perfume, I can go out and buy another one, but time is something that you can't get more of. So if someone decides to not waste any more of your time when they clearly are not meant to stay, it's a good thing because that's time that you get to decide what you do with and they don't get to decide what they do with your time, if that makes sense. So that got me thinking about this phrase that we hear all the time, if they wanted to, they would. That is such a common phrase. It's such a buzz phrase, especially right now. I feel like so many internet personalities who give advice on the internet are saying this just over and over again. And it's a very, very valid point. It's very, very good, honestly. But we hear it so much. It's like when you say a word too many times and it doesn't sound like the word anymore. It's like you say it too many times and it doesn't sound right. That has kind of happened with this phrase, for me at least, because... It's just one of those things we hear a lot, but it's difficult to accept. It's like one of those things where we know it's true, we know it's fact, but putting it into practice is nearly impossible for many of us who are just who are doers. I'm a doer. I get out there and I do things. I make things happen. And that is great. I work very hard to achieve my goals and to make things happen. But there are certain areas of your life where trying harder does not necessarily reap more results. And this is one of those areas because I've just found it very hard to accept this. I find it hard to believe that I can't (laughs) work towards getting someone to like me. You know? Like, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. So sometimes it's impossible to accept this. And I think a lot of us have been conditioned to believe that the hardest part of the whole thing is just getting the information through our skulls, like through our thick freaking skulls that we have, at least me. I think that in the past, I've always considered that to be the hardest part, just accepting it. And Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to, they would. If they wanted to, they would. I could just repeat it a million times. And accepting it will be the hard part. If they wanted to make plans with me, if they wanted to be my friend in a non-romantic sense, if they wanted to see me If it is a romantic sense, if they wanted to wait to have sex with me, if they wanted to, they would, they just would, they would try. If a human being wants to associate with another human being, it really is not hard these days. It is actually so simple. It's literally as simple as picking up your phone and tapping your fingers a few times and just sending hi. Like, it's literally that simple. So I've always considered that to be the hardest part, just getting it through my head that this is fact. If they wanted to, they would. Katie, accept it. Like, just accept it that you cannot do anything. You cannot force someone to want to be in your life. Friends, romantic interests, clients. There's so many different situations where this applies, in my life at least. You just, you can't force someone to want to be in your life. So anyway, that part, accepting it, is hard. But Through some deep thinking this weekend, I realized I think the hardest part of making this whole concept stick in our minds is figuring out what to do after we realize that this is true. If they wanted to, they would. Okay. We accept it. We realize it. Now what? Like after we process and accept that they just won't be who we want them to be in our lives then what do we do? How do we move on? How do we put our pieces back together once again and see our worth amidst the patched up cracks in our being? How do we regain the control? How do we keep the hope that someday someone will want, want to be that, want to, just want to do it? Want to, if they wanted to, they would. Someone will want to enough that they just will And it won't be hard. It won't be pulling teeth. We won't even feel like we have to really do all that much. We'd meet them 50-50 like it's supposed to be. So this is the time. This is the key pivotal moment after we kind of realize that if they wanted to, they would. What happens after that is really key because this is the time where we need to take our control back. I'm currently dealing with a fresh situation where someone just did not reciprocate And it really hurt my feelings because I got my hopes up yet again. And it was a romantic situation, obviously. You guys know, I'm like just, it's just one of those things. I saw a comment on my TikTok saying, once Katie finds someone that, I don't know how it was phrased, but essentially once I find someone like romantically, their faith in love will be restored. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll see because it's been a lengthy stretch here where I just have no hope. But anyway, this is the time after the fact, after we realize, okay, there's nothing I can do. This is the pivotal moment where we need to take our control back. This is what I realized. When we wait around, as I have been, for someone to show us that they care, we lose all of our control. Okay, We give it to them. We willingly just place it neatly in their hands, back away, and hope for the best. That's what we do. And we think that we're being noble, I guess, in that way, or we're really opening up our hearts because when you open up your heart, you do relinquish control. And I always think that it's a good thing and it might be a good thing for the right person. And mind you, in healthy relationships or situationships even, you don't give up all of your control. You know, you open up, up the floor enough so they have space to be and to express how they feel And that does kind of open up your heart to potentially be broken. And I've done this many, many a time now and have patched up my heart many, many a time. And I've realized something through all of this. And this happening so frequently to me over the years amidst all of this blind trust I've had in someone I mean, I, I'm very optimistic. I'll give myself that. And I am resilient I'll also give myself that. But I have been very blindly trusting in people that maybe don't deserve it. And one day someone will. So I'm just going to keep on going with it, keep on chugging along. But I've realized that one thing I can control, like, yes, when I'm giving up a bit of my control to let someone in to see who they will be to me and if they're worth it, all of those things. I can't really control how they'll react. I can't really control whether they'll stay or leave or whatever they fucking do. I don't even know. I can't control that. But one thing I can control at all times is whether or not I break my own heart. Because like I said, someone else can break it if we invite them in and give them the floor. They might not, but there's always a chance. There's always a chance they will. They can. And in all of that though, one thing that we should not and cannot do repeatedly is break our own hearts by translating someone else's refusal, someone else leaving, someone else walking out, someone else ghosting us or talking shit about us behind our backs, someone else's refusal to see our worth. We, we got to stop translating that into something being wrong with us because that is breaking your own heart. I do that all the time. That was what I was doing this past weekend when I was spiraling. I was convincing myself that I was the reason, which I do all the time. And I always talk about why it's a bad thing, but I'm finally realizing what that actually means, like what that actually is. Me doing that, me blaming everything on myself all of the time, I'm breaking my own heart. I'm doing the very thing that I I can – like I can control whether or not I do that. I can. I do have control on that. And – I'm doing it. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with us. And we should not search for reasons and flaws and retrace our steps, go through every little thing that we said that caused them to get spooked and not want to be with us in one way or another as a friend or as something more, because that is exactly what we should not do, break our hearts in such a stupid way. (laughs) It's just stupid because it's not true. And I know it's easy to jump to something tangible, something that we know the best out of anyone, which is the things that we've said, the things that we've done. But it's just, it's not helping. It's really not helping. I saw this quote on Instagram last week that said, hope is always there even in the dark. And when I read that, it was definitely a longer quote And I don't even remember who said it But it really stuck with me I sat there for a second after reading it And I pictured this like small little candle Sitting on the floor in this big dark room And it was one of those like long theatrical ones In a golden spiky Like the little base thing that those long candles I've been watching too much Bridgerton Anyway Anyway It was just a candle, a small candle in the middle of this huge room. And I thought about that candle. Candles can be blown out, okay? They can. And yes, they also eventually run out of wax to burn through and go out that way. So there's many ways where candles are pretty fragile. But I picture us all like candles burning in a dark room. Hope is the hand that shields the candle, shields us from being blown out, by an unexpected gust of wind through the window. And hope is also the hand that replaces our candles with a fresh new one when the flame eventually runs through all the wax. We cannot lose that helpful hand. We need it for our survival. Even if it seems like it's all hopeless and we should feel stupid or worthless because we keep having to turn back to it, Time and time again, as this crutch. I think that hope is given a bad rap, okay? Because it does make us look really silly sometimes. And sometimes it is silly to have hope in some situations, like that someone will change, that we're with someone in a toxic friendship or toxic relationship, and keeping hope that maybe that they'll change and be better to us and stop hurting us. That is that is not a good thing. I will say that. We can't always hope that someone will grow to care about us when they just never show signs that they do. But for the most part, I think that hope is essential. The good kind is essential. Staying optimistic that we will eventually get what we deserve if we keep ourselves intact and we keep you know, knowing what we need and what we want most, keeping that top of mind, that is important. If we have that head on our shoulders, that good head on our shoulders, keeping that in mind, I think that hope is essential. It's the glue that keeps me, at least, together and going, and I refuse to believe that staying hopeful despite being hurt many times is anything but beautiful, but gathering the courage, so back to kind of what I was saying earlier, gathering the courage to to figure out what to do next to keep this hope alive is the hardest part. I think that hope goes hand in hand with self-love, which we know to be difficult, Without self-love and respect for ourselves, just as we are, there is none of it. There is no reason to stay optimistic. Searching for reasons why, why it ended, why this person doesn't want to be in our lives, why this person chooses what they've chosen, it's just not a good use of my time, I've decided. I know sticking to that and not tolerating it, not tolerating me wanting to dig into like why 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 does this person not want like you know if they wanted to they would why don't they want to like why that realizing that that's stupid and I shouldn't be doing that I shouldn't shouldn't pick and dig so much is out of love for myself because I know myself I know that I want to dig and I want to pick until I figure out the truth but it's just not satisfying it will never it will never truly make me feel better it doesn't better me and it just takes away time that I could be devoting to myself. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I should be grateful that they walked away. I should not beg for answers. And that's just, that's exactly how I'm feeling right now, really. I need to stop taking it so personally every time someone doesn't return my interest, either as a friend or as a coworker, someone that I'm, a client that I'm trying to sign or as a lover. I once had this, this is so random, but I once had this fellow influencer that I really admire and have met multiple times, forget who I was. Like we'd met probably two or three times and we have mutual friends and we were on this trip together and I just was speaking to her and she's like, oh, I'm so-and-so, nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh, it's stung, it's stung to be forgotten. And I took it so personally and I was like, I wonder if she hates me and that's why she's pretending not to know me. And like, I was digging and spiraling. And I know we meet so many people, especially now in this age of technology, but it's tough to not feel special. And I know that sounds so self-important and vain, but it's such a thing. Human beings crave recognition We crave attention. We crave affirmation. And I actually learned the other day, I wrote this one little tidbit from history down just to give you a little dose of that. So U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson used to give toothbrushes, like he used to give out toothbrushes with the presidential seal on them. And the reason for that was he said he wanted people to think of him last thing at night and first thing in the morning so he like literally gave people toothbrushes in order for them to remember him at all times because like i said humans crave recognition they crave attention they crave affirmation talk about needing attention <laughs> like i read once that affirmation from others should supplement our self-worth but it cannot be the sole basis for it and this really hit because it's true We do, one way or another, it's in our human code to need positive reinforcement to know that we're on the right track, okay? We can't read minds. We just – we can't figure out what is going on in someone else's head, so we need someone to tell us how they feel. If they like us, if they like our work, if it's like our boss, we need to make sure that we're on the right track. It's it's all about bettering ourselves. Like, we need to know if we're doing – you know, how people feel about us. It's just – it's something that – I mean, I – can't imagine going on with life and not knowing how people feel about me. And not everyone is super outward about it. And people a lot of times do it. like They, they tell you that they love you and appreciate you through their actions, things like that. But that, that in itself is positive reinforcement, okay? And if you think about it, we're all kind of living to do things for other people in one way or another, even if it's for ourselves as well. Aren't we all kind of performing in some way for a boss, for a friend, for – a lover, and maybe performing isn't the right word here, but more doing things and monitoring people's reactions. Speaking about something and listening to someone's reply to what we said and how they feel about it. Sending a report to our boss and taking in what they say and the feedback. Putting photos of ourselves on apps and going on dates and hoping to hear whether or not the person likes us. I don't know it's one of those things where, yeah, we do. We do crave information from other people. We want to know how they feel about us. We do, okay? But it can't be everything. It just can't be. I know it's a fact that this is something that happens, but it cannot. we cannot let it be everything. The wanting of attention and getting it and that's it. Like, oh, okay, we know our friends like us, like they love us, whatever, like and that's all I need. No, that's what we need to – breathe and survive? No. Because our our own attention, our own admiration of ourselves is crucial as well. And I think we're just so busy trying to buy the attention of others that we forget about this really important part. And that's why I think the self-affirmation movement is important. It's definitely something that some people view as like a whole lot of hubbub, like, oh, standing in front of a mirror telling myself that I love myself and having all of these manifestations that we say to ourselves and we write on sticky notes. And I I think it's important, though. I think that it turns the tables a bit and causes us to make commitments to ourselves, instill that hope in ourselves, to us, from us. Almost like sending yourself one of those Valentine's Day candy grams. Do you guys remember those? I don't know if this is a universal thing, but I remember in like elementary school, staying up so late the night before school on Valentine's Day to make these candy grams with my mom. We would buy them from like Target or Walmart and they would have like a lollipop or something in it and it'd be like a cute little card and it'd be like two so-and-so from Katie and I like wrote all these and like we went to school the next day and everyone handed them out and like, you know, everyone got a Valentine. It's less of that and more a to Katie from Katie sort of thing, like writing on one of those candy grams, not to so-and-so, but to me from me. That's what it's all about. And confirmation bias, if you guys recall, I've done like a whole episode on this, but I have the definition here that I wrote down. Um, According to Britannica, it's the tendency to process information by looking for interpreting, et cetera, just like looking for information that basically matches up with your pre-existing beliefs right so trying to find something to confirm what you believe to be true and you go about life finding things to back up your opinion, your belief right So this is this could be a bad thing I'll get into that but if we constantly re- reinforce in our minds that we are worthy we are great, we are strong we are all these things we are worthy of love and worthy of someone wanting to stay in our lives we eventually will see that everywhere we go. We will see that and only that if we really get this in our mind, this firm belief that we hold. We'll see it in the world around us. We will not entertain anyone or anything that makes us think differently. But it takes maintenance. It takes stopping long enough to pour back into ourselves when our cup is empty, when we feel that we are hanging on by a thread. Self-love fuels hope. It keeps us going. One cannot exist without the other. Affirmation from others, people telling us or showing us that we are important and worthy, it's addicting. It is, especially in this age where likes and fame feels both so important and also within our reach if we just own a camera phone. For social media fame and also success in our dating lives, Like after all, people meet and fall in love on dating apps every single day. Everyone starts the same way. They start their profile with photos and prompts. We're all saying Similar things, yet different things. But for the most part, it's like, look at me, look who I am, and please love me, right? Like, or at least want to look at me, at least want to swipe right on me. And the swiping nature of it all makes it feel like a game, a game that we want to win. Same goes for TikTok and posting videos on TikTok. Everyone starts at zero, and some people are multimillionaires because of this app where everyone has a very similar opportunity if they have a phone. (laughs) Like... And when you don't get the recognition from others, when we post a TikTok that flops or someone won't answer our witty dating app message, we feel deflated because our brains didn't get that hit of dopamine that we craved and that makes us feel shitty. But anyway, circling back to earlier, that is precisely when we need to fire up the jets on our self-love methods and reinstill that hope that we will one day feel fulfilled in the way that we crave. We will one day get that thing that we want if we keep our interests, our passions, and what we know to be true about ourselves in the forefront of our minds and keep our flame going. If we stop for a minute, stop long enough to to just self-affirm and know that we are great and get it into our minds that we are great, we're great, we are great. We're not perfect, but we're great and we're valuable. And it's just, you know, it's very easy to say all of this, but it's really not easy to do it because I'm definitely not one of those people that can just stand in front of a mirror and tell myself these things. That is just not my way. I can't just stand in front of the mirror and be like, I'm perfect. I'm beautiful. Or like, I don't know, the things that people say, I writing them down is better for me or doing things that make me feel that this is true, you know, like being with my friends or doing things I'm passionate about being creative, that is when I realize my worth. That is when I realize that I'm powerful. And here's the thing. like I I do feel that looking outward, looking at other people to help us get through hard moments, it shouldn't be forbidden. And here's why. Because we have never – think about it this way. We have never actually seen ourselves – I mean this literally. We have never actually seen our faces face to face. We've only ever seen them through a mirror. Like, yeah, you can look down and see what your body looks like. Not the best angle, I would say, by like just looking down at your legs or whatever, your body, at least personally speaking. So I stand in front of a mirror to see myself clearer. So I've been looking at myself through an object, through a phone, or in the reflection of a storefront when we walk by. We've never stood face to face with ourselves and seen ourselves how other people see us. We certainly have tried. And I know I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and imagine how other people see me, but we've actually have never done it. We've never seen ourselves that way, truly. And the same goes for how we are as a person. We are so obviously surrounded by ourselves all day, every day, that it's really hard for us to step back and actually view ourselves how other people view us without speaking with them and getting that from them because we will never truly know ourselves the way that other people know us because we can be down on ourselves sometimes. Other people can help us see ourselves. They can. Therapists, family, friends, supportive, significant others. Affirmation from others should supplement our self-worth, but it cannot be the basis for it. Like I said earlier, it's not a bad thing to need it from other people sometimes. I want to make that clear. We can't do it all on our own. The issue lies in only seeking other people's approval and other people to tell us that we're great because that we can't rely on that. But it does certainly help. Like If I'm down in the dumps over a guy that's not texting me back, it usually helps for me to talk to people that I trust about it, to talk to my best friends about it. And they help me shoulder some of that weight enough so that I can carry the rest of it to a place where I can think and unpack the rest of it on my own. And I find that long walks help me do that. Just sitting in my bed on a Sunday morning and writing down my thoughts helps me do that. And just giving it a little bit of time. That's what I need, but it does help to other people. I just, this whole episode and just me rambling has been just about me realizing that I should not decide that I don't need anybody. That is not the answer here. When I feel that someone's disappointed me, there is this tendency to be like, okay, I just need to turn away from every other person and do it on my own. And I need to be on my own and I can't trust anyone. In the past, I've thought that's the answer, but I don't think that's the answer anymore. I think that having those people that we trust to lean on is important. It is important. And surrounding us ourselves with people who, see us when we can't see ourselves is important. But knowing who those people are in our lives and not tolerating those who maybe disguise themselves as someone who could be that for us, but just truly don't want to be in our lives. And that's the hard part about figuring out who's really here for you, who's really in it for you, who's really not going to leave, who just wants you for your body and nothing else, or who wants you for something like just for what they can get from you. And that's been a hard thing for me to realize in a lot of my friendships, just figuring out who is actually here for me, who I need to talk to when something's wrong and who I know will not make it about them. And that has been something that in my adult life, I've really had to work on because I have definitely had friendships in the recent past that we're very one-sided and that stepping away from them stepping away is i think the best thing to do because when you step away from someone you see how they react you're not such in close proximity that they it's easy for them to just be there you know if you step away and challenge them and see what they do next see if they also distance or if they come to you and say hey like where have you been <laughs> or like notice that you're gone that is what I think has helped me at least see things more clearly and listen, really listen to how they speak to me, really listen to how I speak to them and how they process things. Do they Do they even need me? <laughs> because friendships and relationships, it's all a push and pull. I think in the healthiest ones, it's a push and a pull. You know, you get and you give. It's very The door swings both ways. It's like if they are down, I help them up. If I'm down, they help me up. That is a good relationship, okay? It is. It's not always one person or the other. And when you find relationships like that, you got to hold on to them. And if you find that you're in one that isn't like that, I think it's wise to let go. (sighs) And that has been something I've had to learn recently. (laughs) It's been a tough realization for me because i've been a bit of a coward i've broken my own heart and keeping people in my life that don't want to be there be, just because i don't want to be a bad person like this person maybe does maybe they want to be there f- when i'm succeeding when i'm doing well when they can uh, you know utilize me in some way and when i'm maybe not doing well they leave because they don't want to deal with the hard stuff and It's just, it's hard to realize that because it's sad, especially if you put a lot of time and effort into like a friendship that clearly wasn't a good use of your time. It's sad and it's hard to realize that. You feel kind of stupid when you realize that. But like I said at the beginning of the episode, like they, either them leaving or you deciding that they are no longer in your life. They no longer have a place in your life because they are not true friends or lovers. Making that realization that they are no longer bettering you and if anything the friendship is or the relationship is just not 50 50 whatsoever and they're using you maybe or they just want to complain to you all the time (laughs) like realizing that and distancing yourself is a gift that you're giving yourself because like I said time it's something that you spend you don't get back so once you come to the realization and it's hard I think like I said earlier, once you realize something, that's hard, but the hardest part is figuring out what to do next, figuring out how to have that hard conversation. But this this is crucial because this is this is the gift that you're giving yourself, the gift of time to find someone who actually does want to be in your life, to find someone that actually will share your beliefs and or just share share. <laughs> like we'll give and take as much as you do. Oh. So that's been something I've been working through recently, and I've been keeping the hope that I will find people who actually want to be in my life, who actually want to be friends or romantically involved with me for all of me. So I'm in the phase where I've realized that if they don't want to, they won't. If they want to, they will. So now I'm in the hard part of the after of figuring out how to pick myself back up and make myself feel loved to me, from me. So yeah, guys, that is uh, my diary entry of the week. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Maybe you're going through something similar and you needed this reassuring episode. (laughs) Um, And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. I will talk to you guys all next week. I hope to have a better, or not a better, that was a good little tale, but I wanna have some good stories from history next week and really fill up your cup with that. So stay tuned. I will talk to you guys all next Thursday. Bye.